Hey, the Sacramento Kings won a basketball game last night, defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder inside the Golden One Center. Tyrese Halliburton finished with 17 assists in the win. And as fun as that game was, it unfortunately for me doesn't absolve me of my promise to you, which is playing a compilation that I have put together of my positive and optimistic takes about this Kings team from early on in the season and before the season started. Takes that have aged horribly to say the absolute least. So on today's podcast, you can make fun of me, mock me, we'll laugh at me and laugh our way through the frustrations of this season. It's all right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with Sacramento Sports Talk Radio, now with ABC 10 News and Television. And in my time, working in sports media, I have rattled off more than my share of bad sports takes, especially bad takes in regards to this Sacramento Kings team. Those of you who have been around me and have followed me and followed the Locked on Kings podcast since the beginning or right before the 2018 Sacramento Kings season, you're familiar with the blind optimist mantra that I really adopted that was put on me by a lot of Kings fans and media members as I had a a positivity with that Kings team that ended up being true and being well put at least for the first half of the season. That's when the Kings got off to their really good start. Of course, that wouldn't last and ultimately everything would fall apart. I have a jersey in my closet over here that says optimism on the back of it, a jersey that I made especially for that uh, 2018-2019 Kings season when, of course, I was hoping the Kings would end their playoff drought. Unfortunately, as we all know, they did not. But optimistic takes and, and being genuinely and generally positive about this Kings team has been something that I've been known for and something that it's not an act. It's not fake. It's not a character. I I genuinely uh, have enjoyed Kings teams of the past that haven't ended up being very good. I thought Kings teams could have been better and should have been better than what they are. And that includes this team. I thought that this team was going to be significantly better than what they are. And truth be told, for those of you who are new to Locked on Kings podcast, or maybe this is your first season listening to Locked on Kings and listening to me, You might be kind of surprised to hear that I used to be known for my optimistic takes because this season I've been pretty pessimistic for basically the last two months, to say the least. And I have shared with you that this Kings team is my least favorite team that I've ever watched, not just during uh, the the eight seasons that I've worked covering the team professionally, but during the 16 seasons that we've had to watch this Kings team without making the playoffs, or 15 is going to be 16 uh, when this season is all said and done. This is my least favorite team. This team has made me, quite honestly, hate watching Kings basketball at times. And that's a big switch <laughs> from where I was at the start of the season Rattling off these takes that I now compile for you to enjoy, to laugh at, 
to cringe at, roll your eyes at. Hey, maybe some of these takes you agreed with. I know there are some of you out there that agreed with me and thought the same thing that I thought, or maybe thought the Kings were going to be even better than some of the things that I thought. If that's you, you don't have to admit it. You know who you are, but I'd love for you to reach out for me uh, uh, to me. If you want to do that on Twitter at Matt George Sack and say, hey, Matt, I'm an idiot like you, and I, I believed in that too. Or if you want to mock me on social media, feel free to do that too. You can also email me, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you guys get loose with everything already there. Feel free to have at it, make fun of the takes, or raise your hand and say, guilty, I was there too. Ultimately, I'm putting this together for entertainment purposes, for enjoyment. I don't mind being wrong. I'm wrong a lot. I don't mind making fun of myself. I'm easy to make fun of. So <laughs> without any further ado, here is my uh, compilation of positive and optimistic King's takes about this season's team that have not aged well. It surprises me that we don't hear more positive coverage about the Sacramento Kings. The vibe with this Kings team just feels and looks different. Now, I'm going to buy a nine game win streak just because damn it, the what? Sacramento Kings deserve it. I'm going to buy it. At some point this season, the Kings are going to rattle off nine in a row. The Kings won't have a losing streak longer than three games this year because the Kings have too much talent on this roster to just have a set eight or nine guys play and everybody else just gets garbage time minutes. This team is has just too much talent for that. Compare the Kings roster to the Grizzlies roster. Kings roster is way better. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing the results now that Buddy Heald is in what I believe to be his optimized role coming off the bench, but he still had to put in the work to get better as a defender, better as a ball handler, better as a facilitator. And you can check all three boxes. He has improved in all three categories. I see the Kings and Memphis Grizzlies and Memphis was the eighth seed last year. I see them on a pretty level playing field. Comparing rosters, I think Sacramento's the the sexier roster in terms of talent. This might piss off the wonderful city of Memphis and its fans, but I actually think the Kings, if they got a one, they got a one-off shot at John Moran and the, and the Memphis Grizzlies, I think the Kings would actually take that game. That team can be an around 500 team. Uh, then I think this team with a improved De'Aaron Fox and improved Tyrese Halliburton, please God, improved defense. I think sure. they're they're capable of doing it. But one thing that isn't lacking with this Kings team, they're not soft anymore. What's not lacking for this team is physicality. Well, I'm buying De'Aaron Fox as an all-star because I'm expecting the Sacramento Kings win total to come up and for him, of course, uh, to be the largest part uh, of that. At no point this season have I gone, man, the Kings are losing or struggling because of Buddy Heal. But overall, the Sacramento Kings, they're underappreciated. They're an afterthought to people. I expect that to change this season. The Sacramento Kings will not be the worst team in the Pacific Division. I owe Buddy Heald an apology for considering him useless outside of shooting. As of right now, I am thankful that Buddy is still a Sacramento King. Oh, man. <laughs> I told you they didn't age well. Wow. Putting that compilation together, I was like, I, I was uncomfortable going through old episodes at the beginning of the season. But I also, you know, I looked at it with a fondness, like an innocence of, oh, Matt George, you you little foolish, cute little uh, Kings optimist. You thought that this team that turned into your least favorite team of all time, you thought all of that that you just said was going to be true. I hope you enjoyed that. Maybe it made you uh, cry. Maybe it made you cringe. I hope it made you cringe. It should make everybody cringe. Hopefully it made you laugh too. 
Yikes. Um, well, nobody can accuse me of saying that I'm negative all the time. You just heard all that crap. You just heard all that stuff that I just rattled off thinking that all that was going to be true uh, for this Kings team. So um, let me know which one is your favorite too. There, there are some good ones in there. The, the Kings not losing more than three straight games. That's hilarious. Uh, the Kings winning nine games in a row. That's I must have been drinking alcohol at that time. Uh, boy, uh, there are some, uh, and then I'm sorry, Memphis Grizzlies fans. If you're listening or watching, you're already laughing at me. I don't have to apologize to you, but for some reason, I thought that the Kings and Grizzlies were going to be on a level playing field. And of course that is not even remotely the case. The Kings are probably the most unwatchable team in the NBA or one of them. And the Memphis Grizzlies are easily the most watchable team, uh, so far this season. So there you go. There's my compilation. I hope you enjoyed it. It's not going to be the last of the dumb takes that I put together. And I'm sure there are other takes that I missed early on in the season uh, that I didn't get to. If you want to point those out and send those to me, hey, feel free. And again, if you had some dumb, optimistic Kings takes that you could find maybe on Twitter, old uh, tweets that you had, old emails, anything like that, send them to me. Let's laugh and have fun together because ultimately this team did not meet really any of our expectations. That being said, they're coming off of a win. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, and some of you might not be happy that the Kings uh, are winning basketball games because it did have an effect uh, on their place in the race for a uh, top draft lottery spot and top draft pick. Uh, we'll discuss that briefly, but we also have to celebrate the positives from this game. And one of the major positives was Tyrese Halliburton. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about the play of Halliburton and Mitchell with Fox out of the starting lineup and what Fox has to do when he comes back or if. He comes back with the NBA trade deadline coming next week. Plus, I want to talk a little bit about both Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless. Uh, still plenty to discuss here, so stick with us right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. And I want to also let you know uh, that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football is now reaching the end of the playoffs, the big game is here in just over a week. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season and it's not just football of course bet online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl hockey boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games do not wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season at bet online where the game starts as you already heard, there are a lot of reasons to mock me for being optimistic early on in the season, but I can still be optimistic about the play and the future of Tyrese Halliburton, a 17 assist performance and the Kings win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Tyrese ended up saying after the game that he thought he was horrible in that game. Tyrese either has a really high bar for himself uh, or is way too hard on himself or is extremely humble and Actually, he's probably all of the above, a, a collection of all three, because Tyrese was not horrible in this game. Maybe he didn't have the best offensive night that he wanted and, and certainly wasn't at um, at 100% of his, uh, his potential, but 17 assists is no joke. Now, at the same time, too, in order to get assists, you have to have your teammates making shots, and the Kings were doing a very good job uh, hitting their shots last night, taking what the uh, Oklahoma City defense, or whatever you would call whatever Oklahoma City th uh, was doing, similar to what the Kings do on defense on a nightly basis. I don't know what you call it, um, but th the Kings were hitting shots, and that massively helps your assist total because Tyrese could easily have 12, 13, 14 assists per game. I shouldn't say easily, but Tyrese sets up 12, 13, 14 good looks by himself a game and just not all of them drop. I don't think it's it's fair to expect 17 out of him. However, he is one of five point guards, or I should just say players. I don't know if they're all point guards. He's one of five players this season 
to have 17 plus assists in a game. He is the youngest player in Kings franchise history at just under 22 years old to have a 17 assist game. He's the last King to do it since Rajon Rondo was here a number of seasons ago. And I think there's an important distinction to draw there. Rajon Rondo was known for ridiculously high assist tallies, especially in his time in Boston. But there's a big difference between the way Rajon Rondo assists, especially when he was here with the Kings, and the way Tyrese Halliburton assists. Not saying that Rajon didn't make his, his teammates better by any means, but Rajon Rondo also went for the selfish assist. If there is such a thing, Rajon Rondo was a he, he was a master of it. He did a good job of uh, passing up a easy look for a more difficult look that sometimes would go in and end up an assist for him and uh, sometimes would miss and then just make him and everybody uh, look dumb. Rajon was not afraid to stat hunt while he, while he was a Sacramento King and Tyrese does the exact opposite. Tyrese could care less about his stats as long as the Kings get the win. And he was happy because of course the Kings did win this game. Another great game. Um, not the best out of the, these, the stretch of no De'Aaron Fox that we've seen from Davion Mitchell, but a solid game again. Uh, and he continued to play with the energy and the hustle that you would expect out of a rookie trying to make the most of his opportunity. And that got me thinking about when slash if De'Aaron Fox returns. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, for this conversation, I'm going to say when he returns, assuming he's still going to be a King come February 11th. When De'Aaron Fox returns from his injury and gets back to playing, I've already spoken in my most recent podcast how I want to see the three guards play together, Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell. There's no reason why you don't start the three of them together for the remainder of the season, even if it affects your win and loss totals. Who cares? If, it, if you're winning more games, great. If you're losing more games, who cares? Uh, that's Let them figure it out. See what you have in, in those three guards and if you need to move on from one of them uh, this upcoming offseason. That is my philosophy on, on that. Um, but if De'Aaron Fox comes back and... Tyrese and Mitchell take steps back. And what I mean by that is they're not going to get as many touches, the two of them, as they are now with De'Aaron Fox playing with them because Fox is Fox. He needs the ball in his hands and he's he's your star player, of course. But if their effectiveness, their energy, their hustle, their efficiency, if that drops off significantly consistently, not just one or two games here or there, because it's going to take time for the three of them to get comfortable playing together. But if, if, if it drops off, especially if both Tyrese and Mitchell take steps back into a more passive role after being the aggressors uh, in the last couple of weeks, that's a problem to me. I don't need Fox to come back and the Kings to adjust to Fox. I need Fox to come back and adjust to what uh, Halliburton and Mitchell are doing. Play with their energy. Play with that hustle. Buy in the way that they're buying in. Now, of course, Fox is set in stone with his big contract, and the two of them are second and first-year players. So there's there's a difference there. But Fox is still young. He's still youthful. He's had all this time off. De'Aaron Fox should be able to compete at a high level with those guards. It shouldn't be difficult for him. I expect that when De'Aaron Fox comes back, even if he's the star of a bad team in another lost season. That's the expectation. That's what you're being paid for. So live up to that. If not, you have a serious problem. But now there's the if aspect of if De'Aaron Fox comes back. And I've shared recently that I'm very confident that De'Aaron is coming back. I've had conversations with people uh, that have suggested that he is on the block. And we've known that there have been a lot of uh, rumors involving De'Aaron Fox floating out there. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the Kings have involved De'Aaron Fox in conversations for like DeMontis Sabonis or Ben Simmons or, or other big names. But I still think he's sticking around. I've also heard from people who have said, and we've read reports from The Athletic, the Kings are still committed to Fox and Halliburton 
uh, as their core going forward. So my main thing, my confidence doesn't necessarily come from a absolute stone belief from the Sacramento Kings and Fox being their guy. Not like maybe a year ago. I'm more confident that Fox is staying because I have a hard time believing, especially based off of his lowered value right now, I have a hard time believing that the Kings are going to get proper, good value for De'Aaron. I've said before I would not trade De'Aaron Fox for anything less than a known commodity, even if it's a high draft pick. And you're not going to get a top pick um, from a lottery team for De'Aaron Fox this season, or at least I, I don't think you are. You're getting a protected first probably at best. You're trading De'Aaron Fox more than likely to a good, solid, or fringe team. Maybe you could, and we've heard uh, interest recently from the New Orleans Pelicans in De'Aaron Fox. Maybe you could find a way to get the Pelicans pick, but if Ingram isn't also coming in that deal, which is impossible to think that the Pelicans would give up both Ingram and a first rounder for Fox, they would not do that. You might not even get them to give up Ingram for that. But if I'm not getting Brandon Ingram for De'Aaron Fox, me personally, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. So I don't believe the Kings are going to get right now the proper value for De'Aaron Fox. So that's why I'm very confident that he's not going to be traded. But if he is traded, I want to make one thing very, very clear. If he is traded, it could be necessary. It could be the right move. I think Tyrese Halliburton has proven this season that he is good enough and he has put up good enough numbers to suggest that you can build a team around him. And I've argued that he is more important to this Kings team than De'Aaron Fox is. He already He's proven that this season. Not better than Fox, but more important, at least to me. If De'Aaron Fox is traded away, it could be what the Kings need, especially depending upon what kind of talent that they get for him. And maybe they build around Tyrese, and Tyrese is the savior to bring this Kings out of it. Also, it opens up their cap flexibility significantly with the amount of money Fox is owed. But De'Aaron Fox will go on to thrive elsewhere. I need to make that abundantly clear. De'Aaron Fox, if he is traded, is going to go on to another team and he is going to thrive because I am not going to allow myself to be fooled into thinking that Fox is not a star caliber player because of the rough season that he's had this year. I know expectations have been heavy on his shoulders. We had higher expectations this season that he has not lived up to. There is no argument there especially with the amount of money that he's being paid. He's being paid like a star, and he hasn't been one. Understand completely. But I know who De'Aaron Fox is. I've watched De'Aaron Fox up until this season. I watched what he could do last season. I've seen flashes of what he can do still this season. De'Aaron Fox, if he is traded, is going to go and thrive elsewhere, and that is going to be something that the Kings have to live with and Kings fans have to live with. And I personally, unless I'm getting a proven commodity now for De'Aaron Fox, I am not willing to see that. I'm not willing. Because if De'Aaron goes to a playoff team, he's going to thrive and help a playoff team probably make, make a deep run and be a big difference maker. If he's traded to a fringe team like the New Orleans Pelicans, he's going to help that team certainly get into the play in this year, in my opinion. And then we'll see where they go from there. De'Aaron Fox is going to have a damn good NBA career. And I'm hoping that it's in a Kings uniform. I don't think the Kings should trade him. And I hope the Kings won't trade him. I also go back and forth a little bit about the Kings trading Harrison Barnes, who's been on a good stretch, by the way. Remember, he got off to a ridiculous start this season. Remember how good he was at the beginning of the season? It was ridiculous. Now... He's kind of come back down to earth a little bit, right? He's slowing things down. Harrison Barnes 
has come back down to earth. Except in these recent games, these last three games, he scored 19 or more points in three straight games. So he's starting to pick it up a little bit. He's stepping up when the Kings need him to with the Aaron Fox out. It's nice to see. Harrison Barnes might be the highest value trade chip that the Kings have not named De'Aaron Fox. And he might be the player to get that you realistically could get as close to equal value as possible right now. That being said, I've talked a lot about this season, how I'm hesitant to trade Harrison Barnes because he is a great locker room guy. He's a great leader. I know he's on a bad team, so he's certainly not untradeable. He plays a position that is historically very difficult for the Kings to fill. I would not be mad at all if Harrison Barnes is still a King on February 11th. Not at all. But of course, he's on a contract year next year. I don't know if he would resign with the Kings after that. I'm very confident that he's going to get another significant contract. Maybe not as much as he's making now, but he'll get another decent contract in the NBA after this one. He's still got a lot to give to the game. I have no worries about his age. That being said... If you can get good value for Harrison Barnes right now, being a bad team and well out of it, you do it. Be interesting to see what the Kings do with Harrison Barnes. It'll also be interesting to see what happens with Mo Harkless because Mo has started to step up recently too, and he's gone through a weird season, ups and downs. He was the starter for Luke Walton for a while and then went to a stretch where he didn't see the floor even when healthy for Alvin Gentry. Now he's back in a significant role and is playing well. We know he's one of the best, if not the best defender on this Kings team. And then offensively, we know his shortcomings, but he's trying to battle through them. Plus he's under contract for one more year. He's owed $4.56 million next season. I think he'll stick around. I don't think the Kings will find a trade for him. We'll see what they do within this off season, if that's the case, but I wouldn't mind Mo Harkless sticking around at all and being a rotation guy. I think he could be a good rotation guy for the Kings next season. I think he needs to be a part of the rotation, at least for the remainder of this season. Also, can we stop hitting Rashawn Holmes in the face, please? Like, what has Rashawn Holmes done this season to endure the punishment that that poor man's face has gone through? He's been hit in the eye three times now. Thankfully, he's wearing goggles, and he said he's probably going to wear goggles for the remainder of his career after the most recent eye laceration that held him out for a couple of weeks. Stop hitting Rashawn Holmes in the face. The dude's a nice guy, and he's he doesn't deserve it. Be nice to Rashawn Holmes. That's all I'm asking. You hear that every other NBA team? Do not hit my man Rashawn in the face. But, of course, Rashawn is battling amongst the trees there in the paint, so it doesn't surprise me that he gets banged up uh, every now and then. Before we wrap up today's podcast, I have a lot to tell you about upcoming podcasts next week. I'm very excited as we are going to be at Trade Deadline Week. So I will run you through all of the uh, the podcasts that I have scheduled as of now for next week, just so you know uh, what is coming up. That is in just a second. Before I tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about Shopify. Shopify is incredible for all entrepreneurs, business owners of every level. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses. So upstarts, Startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, it is difficult. I'm an entrepreneur in some sense here with the Locked On Kings podcast, but I'm only dipping my feet 
in the entrepreneurial pool. There are so many of you out there that listen to Locked On Kings that have your own businesses. Shopify can help you. Make sure you're using Shopify to reach customers online and across social networks with our ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Locked on Kings also brought to you by Built Bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bar a million times and now it's a million and one because Built Bars are delicious. They're healthy for you. It's the time of the year that I've pretty much and lots of us have have given up on our New Year's resolution. But this year you can get back on that train, especially if uh, you've fallen off a little bit and allow Built Bars to help you eat right, uh, help you lose weight, to help you put on uh, muscle, get the protein intake that you need. Built Bars are protein bars that taste like candy bars. They replace that sweet tooth that you have, or at least give you a healthy alternative with a bunch of different flavors for you to try. I highly recommend uh, the mint brownie bar. That's my favorite, but there are a ton for you um, to try out. If you're a fruit lover, they have fruit, different fruit flavors like orange or raspberry. Uh, if you're a hearty chocolate person, there's a like double fudge brownie. There's so many great flavors for you to try. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Significantly better uh, than any candy bar that you are going to eat. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So coming up next week, Unlocked on Kings. On Monday, I'm having a conversation with my friend Brad Roland from the Locked on Hawks podcast. We're going to talk about the possibility, and it seems like it's a very low likelihood, but the possibility of a Kings and Hawks trade centered around John Collins. More likely than not, if the Kings are going to pull off that deal, De'Aaron Fox might have to be involved. Would the Hawks even have interest in De'Aaron Fox, especially with them having both Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich there uh, amongst Kevin Herter? Uh, They have a lot of talent in Atlanta. But could they have interest in any piece that the Sacramento Kings have? And could the Kings find a way to bring John Collins to Sacramento? We will discuss that. Uh, plus, on Tuesday, I have a planned uh, interview with a, uh, a draft expert, Rafael Barlow, from the Locked on NBA Draft podcast that you might have heard before. I didn't want to do this this early, but we got to start paying attention to this upcoming draft class. And maybe some of you have already been paying attention. I've had a lot of you reach out and ask me, hey, which players should I be keeping my eye on? Which players would be good uh, for the Kings to target in the draft? Rafael Barlow will help us answer those questions. Uh, So we'll get an early preview of the NBA draft in this 2022 NBA draft class on Tuesday. And then, of course, Thursday is the draft or rather the trade deadline. So after the deadline is done, whatever moves the Kings make, we'll have, of course, a reaction episode to that. I'll have another guest later on in the week for an in more uh, or more in-depth reaction uh, pod to whatever the Kings do or don't do. Any rumors that pick up from that time, we might do emergency podcasts as well next week. Uh, the Kings play the uh, Timberwolves in back-to-back games. Uh, So we'll have a podcast just dedicated to those two games and what happened between the Kings and the Wolves. There's a lot of Locked on Kings content coming for you next week. So I hope you will join me for that. Hope you enjoyed my compilation of optimistic Kings takes that did not age well. Again, send me yours. Or if you want to make fun of me, you know where to do it. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com if you want to email me. 
uh, or get loose in the YouTube comment section down below. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, turn on that notification bell so you're notified of when uh, Lockdown Kings podcast drop. The community is built so quick on YouTube. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and uh, audio listeners, if you could leave a review of this podcast, that would be amazing. Apple Podcasts or iTunes, the best place to do it. Hit five stars. There's a little box where you can leave a review of the pod, why you would encourage other Kings fans or just NBA fans to listen to the pod. Also a good place for constructive criticism. I really would appreciate that. It helps us out a ton. Only takes a couple of minutes. And Spotify listeners, there's no blurb for, or box for you to type your own personal uh, review, but you can hit five stars if you think the podcast is worthy of that rating. Please do that. It helps us out a ton. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Can't wait to have you join me next week. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.